Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Welcome into Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, and I saw a Star Tribune columnist wandering around, and I thought, this man looks like he wants to talk a little football. Was he lost? Chip Scoggins? I, I don't know. He was uh, looking around for some college football, but... Uh, <laughs> Just wandering aimlessly. <laughs> My first day at the uh, fair, so I'm a little disoriented. Uh, yeah, and uh, you and I are very much on the same page of not having any appreciation for 68 degrees and windy. I wanted much warmer than this. People, this, this is way too football weather for me. No, people yell at me, but I want it to be 90. Right? Yeah. Give, I, give me I a like couple 90. more 90 degree days. You know before. what this screams, boys? Start a hockey training camp. <laughs> That's what this screen. I love this weather. This is hockey weather. Uh, th- this, I hate it. this feels very much to me like late September when you're yes. going down to the U.S. Bank Stadium. You're walking in. It's got that little chill in the air. So if you like the football weather, we've got that. Uh, Chip, since you're here, I want to know what's on your mind with the Vikings. We haven't talked Vikings in a while. We haven't made fun of your old tweets in a long time. <laughs> so uh, uh, let me ask you: quarterback, kicking competition, defense, pressure on Zimmer. What's what have you been thinking about? I- Training camp here. I cannot remember a more is boring the right word, Judd. Training camp, yeah, uneventful. You uneventful. Could say. Yeah. uneventful. It's been pretty boring. Uh, no, I agree. I know the kicking situation got people uh, going, um, and the continued issues at that <laughs> at that spot. But um, to me, Matthew, I'm curious to see how this team. Handles because I, I think there's still a huge amount. I'm not going to call pressure because every NFL team has pressure. Urgency. Mm-hmm. There is an unbelievable amount of urgency for this core group, and I'm going to include Zimmer and Spillman in that core group, but core group of players too, to hit it big. I mean, because th- this window, we've talked about this window with this group for years, particularly the defense, it is not going to stay open much longer. Do you think it's already closing? Because I have felt that way a little bit and watching Xavier Rhodes get toasted a couple of times by some receiver I've never heard of on Saturday made me think, well, that's uh, that could be tough if he doesn't play well. I will say closing in the sense that a number of these guys are turning 30. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison Smith is right, 30. Linval, Everson Griffin probably is going to be in his last year, I would think. Here Griffin after. is the oldest player on the team. Yep. Uh, Xavier is what? Is he 29? 29 could be 30 this so, year, I think. And I'm not saying they're all going to fall off the cliff at 30, but 30 is kind of that number in the NFL where you start thinking, okay, how many, how many more good years do they have? And so in that sense, I think it's closing, but I still think it's going to be a top five defense. I just I would I would really be shocked if a Zimmer defense struggles. Even if they have injuries, he's, he's done a great job of just Stephen Weatherly, go in there. Okay, and he, he's productive. Um, Holton Hill, go in there. He's productive. And so he finds guys, and maybe it's the scheme, and maybe it's their scouting and development. So I don't think they'll fall off the cliff. But I think you can't just say, okay, these guys are together. They're going to be good for another five years. I don't think we can say that. So to that point, here's what I find going into the opener against Atlanta uh, for this team to be so intriguing to me. A year ago, the pressure publicly was immense. You had gone and gotten mm-hmm. Cousins. And it was it was not just from – us here locally, but nationally. Super Bowl or bust, the Vikings are on the precipice, blah, blah, blah. But to Chip's point, 
I actually think internally right now in Egan, on the team, internally in the TCO performance, center of performance, there's probably there's probably more pressure internally or as much than there was last year, but the pressure from us is not there. Like, we, we expect something, but we're no longer a nationally. The, the, the ship has sailed. Peter King, guys, didn't even come here. His training camp tour yeah. didn't include here. So it's completely changed now from nationally being NFC champions are bust to the media not saying that, but the Vikings, to, what Chip is saying, have to be feeling that. So, so that's an interesting point because last year, right before the season, I think it was my sort of Sunday opening day article about how Super Bowl or busts last year wasn't really a real thing. It was a thing that everyone was asking about and saying when they got Kirk Cousins, but when you looked at the trajectory of the team and the roster that they had, the players who were under contract, the ages of the players, you said, okay, well, it's not over after this. Yeah. Usually when you say bust, that means you tear it all down you trade people away guys retire everything else and they've brought back almost the entire same roster so last year wasn't necessarily bust it was bust in the form of extreme fan frustration that you didn't make the playoffs but it didn't ruin your entire chances at the following season it didn't implode your franchise and to have you thinking okay well now we got to go to the bottom and rebuild or something like that so it wasn't bust from that perspective but this year though chip i feel much more like it kind of could be like like even if the offense has those good parts but if the defense isn't going to continue to be great then this team after this year because of the ages of the guys that you mentioned could sink down quite a bit yeah well 2010 was the definition of super bowl bust you knew that team was getting blown up after yeah yeah so they either did it or they didn't and they're and they're starting over even this year i well I, i i agree with your point that if this team doesn't make the playoffs I think you can see a regime change. Mm-hmm. That would be the bust. That would, would be the bust. You're starting be, over. Yeah, bust is right. you're starting over. It would be making major changes, front office coaching staff. But it is because I think the reason people said Super Bowl bust because you sign Kirk Cousins to a three-year contract, and you have this defensive core that you know is not going to stay intact, and you know Mike Zimmer and, and Rick Spielman have a contract that's coming up. And so you feel like maybe it's not this year, but in the next couple years. That's why I think the bus comes in. And, and I think this year, that's why I go back to the urgency that internally they know that missing the playoffs is not going to be good for their job security, right? They have to know that. And so, yeah, I mean, is, is it going to be, you know, if they, if they make the playoffs and don't win a game or don't get the Super Bowl, is it a bust? I think there'll be disappointment, but I don't know that heads are going to roll in the way that we think you know, what, what we think of a bust is. If, if they don't win a playoff game, the issue then becomes the Cousins' plan is a failure, and what do you do from there? Well, he's I'm in a contract here then. That they all get fired. Right, but, you know, you, you sign him to a short-term, fully guaranteed contract for immediate payoff, sure. not, not for a six-year plan of, oh, I hope in year five it comes through. Yeah. So it becomes a very interesting dynamic then. If you make the playoffs and you go out in, let's say, the wild card round, you got to regroup then and well, say, who's our quarterback in 2021, and can we find someone long-term? And that's what's going to be fascinating, because after this year, as crazy as it sounds, is he's in a contract year. And so at the end of this year, you're going to have to decide, are we going to roll with this? Are we going to extend him? Or, hey, are we going to draft a quarterback in the first round and let him sit for a year, and then mm-hmm. he's our quarterback? Well, and, and that wouldn't be unprecedented at all. That's how Patrick Mahomes ends up with the Kansas City Chiefs, oh, is, is they looked at it and they said, Alex Smith... He's going toward the end of his contract. He's not a guy that can get us over the top. He can get us to the playoffs, but he's not special. So they trade up and draft Pat Mahomes. And at the time, I think a lot of people looked at that and went, really? I mean, isn't Alex Smith good enough for you guys? I mean, you're right on the 10-win the type of ledge every single year. First round, you can get in and maybe win a game with Alex Smith. And, and then instead, they decided to draft the quarterback and it's worked out immensely good mm-hmm. for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Vikings could very well be in that position, regardless of whether they make the playoffs. I mean, to me, the quarterback thing is something they'll have to address in a contract extension or first-round draft pick after this year, yeah. one way or the other. It's got to go, to me, it's got to go first-round pick or extension. you got to decide. Well, and we saw it in Green Bay with Favre and Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you want to sit a guy three years, but, it, yeah, it's not unprecedented to have an established quarterback 
that you feel like is getting older and you want to replenish with a first-round pick and not a seventh-round pick that you're hoping develops. What does Cousins, in in your mind, have to do to earn an extension? Because he's going to come back. If he if he plays halfway decent, he's not going to be like, well, I really like it here. I'll take a discount. He's looking for 40 mil. Yeah, so what, what, in, your, what in your mind is the uh, recipe to a Cousins extension to keep him here? Yeah, big year in NFC Championship, I would think. I think so that's too, but that's interesting. I mean, that's though, a really high bar to set, but yeah. I, t- I totally I, agree. I, I mean, if you, if you get to the playoffs and lose, are you are you going to roll out a? I'm moving on. Yeah, because of, I'm done. Because you, what you've seen here, even though they have found ways to manipulate the salary cap, is that there are still areas that they were just simply not uh, able to address. Mm-hmm. And the fact we talked a lot with Alex Boone yesterday about Josh Klein and the interior of the offensive line, and the way that he put it after watching their preseason game was reworked, reshuffled, but not like way better than not it was upgrade. last year. Right, not way upgraded. A, a significant upgrade. And, and, yep. and that's where you can't go out and spend the money to significantly upgrade your offensive line if you're paying a quarterback this much. And teams end up with this conundrum all the time. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati with Andy Dalton and Dallas might end up getting there with Prescott, though I think he might have a, a, a shade better um, ability to win games than Kirk Cousins. But if you sign him to another deal and it's $40 million, it's $38 million for the next five years or whatever, you're still going to be dealing with this same problem of having to hit constantly on draft picks. When Seattle did it with Russell Wilson when he was on his rookie deal, they also hit on a bunch of draft picks at the same time. I think you have to do that tenfold if you have a quarterback who's making top five money and isn't one of the top five quarterbacks. So upper echelon quarterbacks in their second contract, not rookie deals, what percentage of the salary cap do they take? Well, Is it 18%? Uh, it's probably in that range, yeah, 18 to 20%. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about, like, Drew Brees, he's probably in that ballpark. I could look it up. Yeah, so it's... It's a big chunk. It's though. a big chunk, and it's amazing that if you do it and miss, how much it just hamstrings the whole roster. yep. yep. And so oh, I think. Oh yeah. So I think basically. Yeah. But to get him a Holmes on a rookie contract to play like that. But you've got. But but here's the thing, in that franchise, starting with your head coach, you've got a guy who you trust can find that guy. Mm. That that becomes a question. The the question I've got now is, can Gary Kubiak? Because it's not Rick. Can Gary Kubiak identify that guy? And can I? And can I have confidence? Because, for the most part, you know. Keep in mind, Norv found Teddy. Like, if Teddy worked or didn't work, mm-hmm. that was Norv's guy. He went and found him and said his bad pro day is because he wasn't wearing his glove. I'm going to go back down and work him out and, and came back and said, this is going to work. That Norv is gone now. So then the question is, can Gary find that guy? If Gary goes, if Gary is one and done or something, there's nobody in that building I completely trust to find that guy. See, I don't think that there's any secret sauce or secret person who's a genius who can figure these things out. I mean, Norv, maybe he had something on Teddy Bridgewater, or they also got super lucky that other teams thought that he couldn't throw accurately because he wasn't wearing his gloves on his pro day or something, and, and he ends up dropping to them. But aside from that, the NFL is generally not super great at identifying which quarterbacks are good and which aren't. And even, I think, if you think as a media person that you are, you're probably full of it. I mean, you, you and I talked a ton about Josh Rosen versus Baker Mayfield, and I watched a bunch of Josh Rosen games, and I thought, this guy's every bit as good as Baker Mayfield based on his college tape. He's a mature passer, looks like a pro guy will step right in, but he ends up in a brutal situation, and he doesn't succeed. Mm-hmm. And, and Mayfield, I thought, eh, I don't know, he's got a pretty great team, he's got this great system, and I'm not really super sold, but he looks like the next superstar quarterback. I'm not sure that any team is any better than any of us, even with all their research and all their analytics and everything else, at identifying which quarterbacks are going to be the best. And that is the risk that you take if you decide after this season to move on from Cousins, even if he goes 9-7, and seven, let's say they lose in the first round, they're still going to sit there and say, yeah, but if we go drafting a quarterback, we could go all, you know, we could yeah. go way to the bottom if we blow it. You could win four games. Right. Five games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a risk. Up with Christian Ponder. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting, too, with this division. I think the North is super competitive, but I don't see 11-win team right now. Everyone is good, not great. That, I, see, I, I agree I, with that. I honestly yeah. see like three, ten, and six teams. I don't know what to make of the Bears totally. I like them, but the, the stuff that Nagy has pulled in recent months scares me a little bit. And the Packers, I don't know. I'm out on saying that the Packers are going to be back and be great. I just don't know. 
Um, it, there's there's unknowns there. The one thing is the Bears' defense is good, but we've talked about on the show a few times. You cannot predict that they're going to score defensive points no. like they did in 2018. It's just impossible. And I'm not a big Trubisky fan yet. I, I don't completely believe in him. Now, he may, maybe he takes a big step this year. Um, I'm not a buyer either. I think when you can't throw accurately, you can't throw accurately. He has I don't those, think it changes. No, and he, but he has those moments where you're like, whoa, okay, now I yeah, see it. He's a great athlete. But then he'll, he'll have a throw where like, geez, what was that? Yeah, and, so, and, and you can't count on defensive touchdowns every year, but I still think they're a good team, and I think the Vikings are a good team, and I think the Packers can be a good team. I, I see a bunch of eight and eight to ten and six teams here, where I don't. I don't think anyone's really going to separate. So it'll come down to kicking, right? Oh. So which, which one of these teams' kickers falls apart? Now, so here's something that uh, I wrote about Chip uh, a while back, and I'm interested in your thought about the difficulty for the Wilfs in analyzing Mike Zimmer for this season. Because if you're putting it all on this year, we're going to keep Zimmer if we go 11-5, and we're going to fire him if we go 7-9 and or whatever, right? And we know what the margin, as you're saying, is pretty thin in general between the good and the great teams. Sure. In, in the, in, pretty much really just in the NFL, but especially in the NFC right now, there's a lot of teams that are in the same bucket as the Vikings. So if they go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven and miss the playoffs... How do you end up looking at Mike Zimmer with this? Because I think that's a really hard decision. Yeah. The, the devil you know in this case is a really darn good head football coach. I think it's how it looks, how you feel about the mood inside the building. Because you, when you watch Zimmer, this team's very well prepared. There's discipline. There's structure. There's accountability. They have a good locker room in terms of leadership. I know people hate the word culture, but they do. But I mean, guys coming back, though, to me, is evidence of the culture. Sure. Anthony Barr doesn't come back if this place doesn't have a correct. really good culture built by Mike Zimmer. Correct. And so all those things, they're professional, right? Um, and so I think it would be hard because we know the Wilfs and their loyalty, and they don't make change very often. Um, you look at their management structure until Kevin Warren left. That group had been together for years. And so – I think the sky would really have to fall in this season for them. Even if they don't, if they miss, miss the playoffs at eight and eight or nine and seven, I think I would be surprised if they if they made a coaching change. But then they would have to do something, right? So it would probably be a change in the front office, and, and that would be really I don't interesting. Know. I don't know. But you can't stick. You can't. You can't give a lame duck coach. You can't fire Rick and keep Mike. No, it, I think it's a package because they're on the same. They both got their options picked up, so there's two. You know what? Two years. So I think it's. I think they're a package deal. I've given this a lot of thought because Chip, your your point is a great point. Like they are, they're a well-run, well-coached team, mm-hmm. and they're ordinarily competitive. And and for, for a franchise that at one time did a lot to embarrass itself, they mm-hmm. don't now. So the more thought I give this is, I think the only way I make a change is is twofold, but in the same box. If I decide that this current staff can't find a quarterback under any circumstances, they're incapable because it's the most important position sure. in sports. And secondly, if I become convinced that this league is going so offensive that a defensive mind is not going to do it. Because Mike was brought here at at a time because I think it was Rick sort of punting and saying, I can't find Rodgers and I can't find Stafford. And at that time, he couldn't find Cutler. So he did the next best thing, which is Zim came here and defensively was really, really good. But the game continues to change and, and morph offensively. So I think the only way, if I'm the Wilfs, that I blow very important people out of there is if I am absolutely convinced that I have to get an offensive mind, and then I can find a GM who I'm convinced can find a quarterback long-term. And I think sometimes when we analyze these things, we get sort of caught up on this year and all the things that went mm-hmm. wrong. So you go 8-7-1, and one and we could say, well, the John D. Filippo thing didn't work out, and your defense didn't play well in this game, and it looked like the locker room was falling apart in this game, and your quarterback's yelling at your wide receiver in this game but when you pull back and you look at Mike Zimmer's overall body of work and all the things that this organization has gone through since he got here to mm-hmm. be consistently relevant and in the conversation and talked about as the top NFC North team since he's been here this franchise was kind of in shambles when he arrived and now they're at the top where players want to sign deals for lesser money and stick around and come here so I think that that's hard to replace and really if they go eight and eight this year it will be because they signed up for an eight and eight quarterback mm-hmm. and I'm not sure 
what you're supposed to do there. Do you say, look, Rick, you went all in on Cousins, so you're out because he was Kirk Cousins? Or do you say, look, there weren't that many other great options at that time. You went with the best you could, and it worked out the same way he usually worked out. I'm not sure that even if they went 8-8, eight and eight, it, because it will probably be because Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins if they do, I'm not sure if they went 8-8 eight and eight, that you would have to make a change even at that point. Fans would probably want it, but I don't know that that's the best decision considering what they've put together here in terms of their overall structure. So many, yeah, so many parts of that organization are on solid footing. Personnel, business, you know, just the way they run, Zim runs things. That, yeah, if it's 8-8 eight eight because of the quarterback, but how many of us on the front end said, that's absolutely the right play they did? A lot of us. And so to come back and say, yeah. oh, you, man, you really screwed that up. Not, not everybody at this current table, but you know, I did. I, I absolutely thought it was well, the right thing. It's supportive. Now I, I wasn't for also, it, but, but, but I understand why they did it. But I'm also not the guy cutting an $84 million check. And the strike on the strike on, on Rick at that point is a lifetime achievement award of not finding quarterbacks. Sure, because Teddy is Norv's. Rick has ne- when Rick has been in charge of trying. I mean, let's you know, Case Keenum. You stumble. He was there in the Nobody dark. You that stumbled on him. Right. Um, but that would that would be why. But I'm with you guys in saying, okay, so let's say they all get fired. Are you really going to find a substantial improvement now? If you find that good young offensive coach, then that might be because of how the league has changed and evolved. But I, you know, I, I am I am hesitant. Having seen that franchise probably at its worst, I am hesitant to make huge moves. For the sake of saying, yeah. this is definitely going to improve you. How much of the league, though, is there that that urge or that whatever to find the next Sean McVay? I mean, so many fan bases are like, why, why can't we find Sean McVay? Right? And that, to me, is how you make a big mistake. Sure, 100%. And, and, and we'll see on Cliff Kingsbury if he works out in Arizona. Yeah. He's he's going to be partly the test case. Matt LaFleur is going to be partly the mm-hmm. test case of the, do you know Sean McVay? The kid McVay? in Cincinnati was like <laughs> the, the ball oh, player that right. got yeah, the job. That's right. I just have no expectations for Cincinnati, so I've yeah. sort of... Uh, Forgot about that situation. Wait, but, wait till they went twelve. But but, but I, it really shows you if you're desperate to go out and find whatever the hot and trendy thing is. I think you can make mistakes sometimes. With Zimmer, I would look at it very much like Cincinnati looked at Marvin Jones. That when Lewis, when, uh, so yeah, yeah, not the receiver. Yeah. from the maybe line, him too. Yeah. He he was a good receiver for Cincinnati, yeah. but but Marvin Lewis, yeah. where once it's sort of done working once time has passed him by a little bit once the roster has corroded then that would be the time to move on and try to do it gently because he's been at the head of a very successful tenure i wouldn't if i were the ownership want it to be eight and eight you're gassed you're out of here and then we're going to go chase the next sean McVay. because to me that's that's much more risky than even trying to trade up and draft the next first round quarterback and hope that that works out i mean i look at sort of philadelphia and how they had to be a little patient with Carson Wentz and ultimately trading up and having a really good roster and structure there and money to spend mm-hmm. worked out super good for them. Uh, let me ask you before we let you go, Chip, okay. you're going to be back on a little later talking gophers with uh, Mackie and Judd yep. and Rami. Who's the, uh, who's the kicker and the punter and the uh, not punter <laughs> or not holder or not kicker? What do you think? I think Bailey's your kicker, the new guy's your punter, and I'm, I'm guessing Matt Wiles. Out, I, you just you don't spend a fifth round pick to cut a guy. So who's holding? Chad Beebe. Chad Beebe. <laughs> I, That's gonna be I predicted. <laughs> I I predicted at noon. The number three wide receivers, the holder at noon on on Saturday. Sitting in your home, you're going to be able to hear the screaming match between Zim and Spielman, <laughs> yeah. which is going to result in all three of them being on the week one roster with the new guy handling kickoffs, Bailey handling field goal attempts, and Matt Weil handling punts. It's going to be a knockdown okay. you drag. Think this you think they're not going to get a guy to this, this, has, this has to be a milkshake bet because I think they're going to get rid of the guy they traded for. I think that Vedvik uh, They're not giving gone. up a fifth-round pick. If he, if he does not kick milkshake. slash punt well, well, then I think they're going to get rid if of it. If it's not for a beer, I'm out. He didn't. Um, <laughs> I, I don't do milkshakes. He didn't kick Lactose. or punt well in the games that he's played in so far. But, it's, but he hasn't done anything special round in practice. Pick, he gave up on these two. This is going to be an epic battle. I know, but if you're uh, if you're Zimmer, you're like, I don't care what you gave up. I can't have someone worse on my roster. I want to hear that conversation. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I want to hear that conversation. I can step out my door in St. Louis Park on Saturday and hear that conversation. <laughs> uh, Chip Scoggins, columnist, Star Tribune. Thanks for stopping right, by, brother. Chip. Yeah. See you later, Chip. Don't yeah, be a stranger.
Ranger right. come by every once in a while. My gosh. Uh, all right, Judd Zolgat and I will be back. We're going to talk about the most interesting people in the NFL this year. We're going to rank them when we return. Here, you're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Matthew Collar and Judd Zolget. I have a pen and some paper, and I want to work through this, Judd, because we asked Alex Boone yesterday when he was on the show, if you missed any of that, go to iTunes, type in Purple Daily, make sure you download it, give it your uh, your stars, and Alex is going to be back out here tomorrow mm-hmm. doing the show. And uh, real quick before we get into what we're going to discuss, um, one of the things that's great is so we announced that Alex Boone's going to be part of the show, right? Right. And I look at the Twitter responses, and the Twitter responses are, if this is the only guy you can get, then you guys are losers. And I see, uh, why would I want to listen to Alex Boone, huh? And then all the other people who actually listened to the show yesterday responding to those people saying, hey, Alex Boone is actually great. Yeah, he's really good. And so just because you heard him say two quotes or whatever one the uh, over my dead bleeping body about uh, green bay winning the super bowl and everything else don't assume that you know a guy just because he had a couple of quotes also, that end up in the paper don't, don't assume that if you rip him that he won't find you <laughs> and if he finds you i fear for your life uh, let's just say that i'm going massive let's just say that for the most part i plan on being very nice to alex yeah, boone yeah he is a i think you he's nice yesterday enough. well okay so here's why and I was actually excited, and it didn't happen. You, at one point in time, asked him if, if he thought Aaron Rodgers was in the decline, I think. Yes. Because you didn't yeah. rip a Rodg, but right. you just said that. It, falling he, off, I think. Yeah, falling off. Said. And Alex says something like, I'm going to ignore that. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, no. No, he just, right. like, stared him down at And my first. eyes, like, I was like, nah. yes. And Jonathan's like, your eyes got so big, Judd. I'm like, yeah, because I thought it was on. Judd went into ambulance chase but, mode. And there was a little bit of, like, flame in his eyes. Like, <laughs> yes. did you just say that? Because, especially because Rodgers shredded the Vikings at the end of 2016, at the end of Alex Boone's career here. But anyway. Anyway, so I was excited by that. He was awesome on the show yesterday and is going to be awesome all year long, breaking down football. He loves to talk ball, and it's really good. And so if you have preconceived notions about Alex Boone, then I suggest you, uh, you listen. Anyway, so we asked him who he was most interested in in the NFL, teams, players, whatever. And he had a list of a bunch of different things that he was looking for, and mm-hmm. it made me think, Judd, about who the most interesting people are in the NFL today. So I don't know if uh, I want to call this like draft style or just like let's make out the list. Okay. Let's make out the list of the ten most interesting people in the NFL. Only ten? Yeah, I'm going to go with ten. Between players and coaches. What, do you want to go 25 or no, something? No, I know. I think we could get 15 to 20, though, because there's coaches as well. But let's go. Let's let's narrow it down, though. Only the most interesting of the most interesting for 2019. Okay. All right. So top 10. Okay. So I'm going to start this out because the guy that made me think of this is sort of been at the center of a regression debate, and that is Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if he's number one or number 10 on the list. I don't know which way we want to do it, but I think we make 10 and then rank them. All right. Because Mahomes wins the MVP as a first-year starter, second-year NFL player, and shows skill that we have not seen in the National Football League since the likes of Dan Marino, Brett Favre. I mean, arm strength, ability to make plays off schedule, yeah. leadership. He's a classy guy. He, he's just like everything you dream of as a franchise quarterback. But there have been other times in history, Judd, where we have seen quarterbacks who have been great early and not had really great long careers. Mahomes is set up really, really well with Andy Reid there. They have a lot of weapons still. Tyreek Hill's going to play football this year, mm-hmm. but everyone's going to be a little more ready for him. And a lot of the fantasy people are saying don't expect those same kind of yards. So I think you know, coming off an MVP season, can he repeat it? Can he be better? Can he be just as good? Can he just completely break the game? I think this could go 
either way where you could see Patrick Mahomes entirely breaking the game and throwing for 5,300 yards or something. I don't think he breaks the game. I think, I think he's very good still, but I, I, my whole contention for ages has been you have defensive guys like Mike Zimmer who have spent, yeah, yeah. Who have spent the entire summer doing nothing but trying to watch how they can stop this but kid. But when have they ever slowed down Andy Reid in his entire career? Well, and then, and, That's another part of and it. And he adjusts, too. The smart, ones, the smart ones also adjust to what they predict the adjustments are going to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it, it's a great... It's a great talker. And, and I also think when you have skill, I just don't know what to make when of you it. have skill like this, because yeah. he has the arm strength and everything else of Aaron Rodgers when he was in his absolute prime 2012 through 2015. Yep. That's what Patrick Mahomes looked like to me last year, is a guy who could make any throw at any time. Just a dream quarterback. And I don't think in your third year in the NFL, second as a starter, that... You, you're going to fall off. But at the same time, it is possible, and we've seen it before. So he was Here's my the question. first name I wrote down for most interesting NFL people this year. Well, my question when it comes to Mahomes is this. Does he have tells that people picked up on that we don't yeah, know about? could be. Were there, were there things that were off schedule that we thought, oh, my goodness, that's incredible, and teams were like, oh, no, we saw something. But I don't know how you prepare for no-look passes. It's interesting. And laser I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to stay in the quarterback family. Baker Mayfield and Cleveland. But the expectations on this franchise have gone. It's like there's no it's like there's no middle ground here, Matthew. So we sort of gone from oh nice pop up year and and keep in mind Hugh Jackson got fired. I mean this, that that thing hard knocks through the time that Hugh got fired was a debacle. Yeah. Baker stepped in, Baker looks to be very good. That's all fantastic. But it feels like, in typical, I guess, and where the fault is this for as well, but in typical 2019 fashion, instead of being like, yeah, Cl- you know, Cleveland's ascending, they're better, we're all like, oh, Cleveland's going to be fantastic. Baker Mayfield, the pressure, um, a rookie head coach, r- receivers who I think in, in Beckham and Landry who get along, but nonetheless, want the football. Mm-hmm. There's there is a lot of pressure now. You know, he stepped into a dumpster fire, and he's a talented kid and did well. Good for him. But this has now gone from dumpster fire to a penthouse of they're going to be great. Yeah. That's a lot to ask. I'm very curious to see how starting with Baker, but also Freddie Kitchens, that whole group processes this, and do they go from basically the basement to the top as quickly as people think. All right, I'm going to throw out another one. Staying with the quarterbacks here. You're right, we may need to go to 15 for most interesting people. Sam Darnold is the sort of forgotten potential great quarterback because he didn't have an amazing year in his rookie season, but if you look at the second half of his year, I believe he was Pro Football Focus's highest-rated quarterback over the final six weeks of last season, which is a pretty good indicator that the kid is going to come out and do some special things the next year. But it's the New York Jets. It's Adam Gase. It's, uh, yeah, stop doing that. It's a, uh, you know, it's a powder keg all the time because it's New York. There's a ton of pressure there. But from what I saw last year at the end of the season, even from the time when he faced the Vikings, it looks like a total disaster to at the end of the season, the game he played against Green Bay. I can't remember where I was, a press box somewhere watching that game with uh, Green Bay in New York. Sure. And he was so good. I mean, he's got the arm strength. He was part of a rookie class that was supposed to be spectacular, and it's pretty much produced Baker Mayfield so far, and Lamar Jackson made the playoffs too. And the Giants didn't take him. And, and, yeah, and right, and the Giants didn't take him. And so he's just got a lot of drama surrounding Sam Darnold, and he has this special arm special sort of accuracy anticipation but he also takes a lot of risks that he shouldn't take it throws interceptions so i I think that like the new york jets have not been interesting at all since rex ryan was there with the sanchise and they were sort of the center of attention because of rex and his love for feet and all those weird things i i think they've got a decent chance in a division that is not very good to be in that conversation for the AFC East aside from New England and for Sam Darnold to ascend to being one of the better quarterbacks in the league, or he's got a chance for this thing to blow up and Gase to get fired Around and him, Darnold yeah. to look like a bust and, and it's yeah. just to go terribly. So I think anytime there's this wide range of potential outcomes, that to me is when I start to look at something as being fascinating. 
I will. I don't think he is, man. I don't think he is. Our guy here thinks uh, he's, he's a, a bust. bust? Nah, uh, he we'll can find throw. out. We'll find out. All right, I will. Who's next leave, on your list, I will leave the quarterback family to All go right. to the go to the coaching tree. Okay, a guy that I have questions about because his first year was fantastic. He was praised up and down, and he has handled the off season about as poorly as one can in my mind. I already am writing down who you're talking about. Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy is an offensive guy who, in in his first year, had a great defense. His D.C., Vic Fangio, has now left for the head coaching job in Denver. Um, Trubisky, we don't know. We just don't know. He might be fine. He might not be fine. He's got a defense that scored a ton of touchdowns, and and um, statistical predictions say that doesn't happen two years consecutively. Uh-huh. He has handled his kickers as poorly as Zim, if not worse. He has spent... Recent months reinforcing a loss that occurred in a key playoff game yeah. when when we live in a day and age with young people where positive reinforcement is considered a better idea. He is good friends with my guy Brad Childress, which makes me not surprised that he might have learned some, some lessons and gone down a path I don't like a lot. Matt Nagy. Yeah. Um, so it's one of the most talented teams in the league aside from the quarterback. The quarterback is highly questionable. But they had a really clever offense. And this goes to your point about Mahomes is can people figure out some of the stuff that they did? Because they had Zimmer made fun of it. You know, they have a thousand page playbook and all these sorts of things. And they have all these variations to the different things they do. And uh, my friend Bobby Peters wrote an actual book and gave it to Matt Nagy, by the way, about the Bears offense. Oh, really? And, uh, and just how in-depth and, and uh, detailed it was and all these different great ideas and how they use Tariq Cohen out of the backfield as a receiver and these option routes they do with him. So, so I think Matt Nagy's really Really clever, and I think he took a lot of the things from Andy Reid and applied them to that team, and kind of did a lot of the things that Andy Reid did to get the most out of Alex Smith. Because Alex Smith and Mitch Trubisky, there might be some similarities there, except for I think Smith is probably more accurate. But a lot of the short passes, the having guys run motions and things like that, the bubble screens and getting cheap yards, I think that will continue to work. But NFL defenses always tend to figure these things out, and Trubisky has some glaring weaknesses that I think NFL defenses will take more advantage of this year than they did last year. The defensive thing, I can't decide. They're not going to score as many defensive touchdowns, but they have monsters. Oh, no, they're very good you know, defensively. They, they really do have a, but, a lot of great players, but not. But they don't have Vic Fangio. And you can't have Trubisky struggle and, and say that that's yeah. okay, the defense will make those yep. points up. Yep, and, and I agree with you that if Matt Nagy had just picked a new kicker, okay, so you cut Cody Parkey, that's fine. I don't care, yes. Exactly, but, but don't make it a bleep show. Right? Yeah. Like, don't make it a circus, Why? which he totally has over this offseason. During the course of a season, an NFL team will have distractions. They don't like them. They will have them. Introducing them? Really? That's not necessary. So I'm going to go off the board a little bit here. Uh, I'll stay in the coaching ranks, but in, and I'll add a prediction to my pick in our most interesting NFL people list. And I'm going to go with Mike Tomlin, and I'm going to add this, that Tomlin gets that team back into the playoffs with Pittsburgh. They are just a franchise that always seems to find a way to bounce back, and I think Tomlin has handled some things poorly, but also situations were created around him that maybe he didn't have much control over. Antonio Brown, it's very clear that no one can control Antonio Brown. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, that wasn't really Mike Tomlin's call. That was Le'Veon Bell and his disagreement with Pittsburgh for how much he should get paid. And so a lot got pinned on Tomlin. Also, his quarterback seems to be the entire franchise. That's not necessarily his fault. I think their defense improves, and they will find wide receivers as they always have. And Juju Smith-Schuster is a star. And Tomlin will be a guy that gets them back to the top. But if he doesn't, then he could be fired pretty quickly. It sure. could be week five or six when he gets fired. I don't if, think the Steelers if, do that. They never fire they coaches. I, I don't think they do either. But in this case, with so much bad PR around them for this offseason and the last offseason, too, with Le'Veon Bell, hmm. I think that there's a chance that they buck the trend there with him if it doesn't work out. So I'm going to go uh, Mike Tomlin. Which side are- 
are you leaning more towards on how he does? I think they will actually be good. I think, I think they he's will a too. good coach, and they have a lot of talent. And what they just seem to be really good at is identifying talent. So Le'Veon Bell goes out, and James Conner comes in. Yes, you're like who's James Conner, right? Yes, guy from Pitt. And he puts up numbers that are similar to Le'Veon Bell. And some year, some years things just go wrong. Yeah, like, like some years you just have distractions. And they should have. And they derailed. That's you. the thing is they should have been in the playoffs last year. Correct. And Roethlisberger led the NFL in passing last season. I thought the Brown thing turned into a complete circus. Yep. And teams, teams will tell you we we don't care. They care a hundred percent. Yeah, and like that's the most BS thing. I would also say that benching him too for what did he not show up for practice or something? Benching he was late him for a game or something. Yeah, yeah. he was late. Walking, that was whatever. that was not a good choice. I mean when. When careers are on the line there, just play the guy, I think. But I, I'm um, going to give you one that you're going to love. Okay, who's that? Because this is, is a guy that you've been talking about uh, with some questions. Great player. Back to the quarterback family. But this guy also, during the course of the 2019 season, might fall under the Zolgadian rule of you should have walked away, Drew Brees. Oh, okay. And you, you brought up, I think, the fact that statistically there's a definite dip and drop-off in Brees' play. Second half of the year, And yeah. the question then becomes, okay, was that just sort of a slump or struggles of the team, and can he bounce back? But if he doesn't, man, does that become an interesting dynamic? And if he really struggles, and let's say he really is just old and he's not that big and can't move as well, whatever... Do you pull the plug? Because you're, you're paying Bridgewater quite a bit behind him, and Teddy might be, you know, if Teddy's back, he can play now. Yeah. Um, Drew Brees to me, because here's my question. Drew Brees and Peyton are joined at the hip, but Sean Peyton's a football coach who I don't really think gives a damn. Mm-hmm. And so if I, if I were to put odds on what coaches would tell Drew, I'm sorry, dude, but you're done, Sean Peyton would be on that list. All right, so here's the list so far. We're making the most interesting people in the NFL list this season. Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Nagy, Mike Tomlin, Drew Brees. So we have six so far. Might go to 15. Want to go at least 10. Might go to 15, depending on how We can get to 15, for sure. We got hot routes coming up at three, though. So we'll see how many we we get through. Uh, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, Jonathan Harrison producing. We'll take a quick break. We'll continue our list when we return. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Two forty-seven here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. If you missed it yesterday, we made a couple of announcements regarding our Vikings coverage heading into the season. Alex Boone will be joining Purple Daily with Matthew Collar this season. He'll be joining Tuesdays and Thursdays. That goes along with our other contributors, Sage Rosenfels, Mondays and Wednesdays. Courtney Cronin on Tuesdays and Myron Metcalf on Fridays. So stay tuned all season long for those contributors throughout the week. Two to four daily here on. Score North and Vikings Vent Line will expand as a weekday show this season starting September 9th. Weekday Vikings Vent Line on Mondays 10 to noon and Tuesday through Fridays 11 to noon on Score North. The postgame and weekday Vent Line hosts will be Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey, Danny Cunningham, and Manny Hill going forward throughout the season. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Matthew Collar along with Judd Zolgad here from the Minnesota State Fair. If you missed any of the show, Chip Scoggins was on earlier talking about uh, the expectations for the Vikings and Mike Zimmer's status. So if you missed any of that, go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Type in Purple Daily. Boom. Give it five stars, and then we are good to roll. And it's two hours of football every Just give it the five stars right away? That lineup now. That lineup is strong now, Zolgad. It's It's not just you and me all the time. No. Oh, no. it's, it's Alex Boone, it's Sage Rosenfels, and Myron. Like It's a lineup now. And vent line now. Not just on Sundays. It's not just for Sunday breakfast or lunch. It's every day. It's two hours on Monday, 11 to noon, then Tuesday through Friday. No, it's very wow. strong. All right. Uh, so a lot of football for me again. Oh, can you handle it? Are you going to be okay? This yeah, much I love my bread and butter. I love football. I think you'll be all right. Uh, so we're making our list of the most interesting people in football in 2019. And so far we have Mahomes, Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Nagy, Mike Tomlin, Drew Brees. And there's a bunch of different directions that I could go here, Judd. Yep. Um, but I want to go with a guy that I really like and think is one of the elite quarterbacks, but has a very poor situation, and that is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun oh, Watson... Okay can do so much with so little, and he proved that last year, 
that even though his offensive line was just as bad or worse than the Minnesota Vikings offensive line, Mm -hmm. he still had an MVP caliber season. If Patrick Mahomes isn't in the league, we're talking about Deshaun Watson potentially as the MVP. I had to go back and look at how incredibly good his statistics were last year. I didn't even really fully realize how excellent he was last season. And now that Andrew Luck is out and has retired, Deshaun Watson could be the king of that division and can lead the Houston Texans to an AFC South title, and they can be right there and have a chance to go to a Super Bowl even. I mean, right? If, if Brady finally hits oh, any he's sort a of fun, wall. He's or, a right? fun player worth watching. I, I yes. think the sky is the limit. But I also look at that team, and I think, you know, they're not really the best overall team. They have one great wide receiver. You don't not, trust Matt Khalil left tackle? I, I do not Matthew? trust Matt Khalil left tackle. He won't be the left tackle for long. I <laughs> also don't trust Bill O'Brien. I think he's kind of loony, and, and, and I'm not a huge Bill O'Brien fan, so I think uh, I, I think that's an interesting situation. The door just flung wide open. Do you think he can be ruined? I don't think he don't can think be so. ruined. I don't think so. This is a guy who... Josh Rosen strikes me as maybe he can be... Which, which, by the way, would be too bad. I'm not not hoping for that. I don't think Deshaun... I think Deshaun Watson can be dealt setbacks. I think someday he's going to be the type of guy where we're like, okay, wow. You think about what he was coming off last year. He tore the ACL and came back, and we didn't even talk about it. He was so good. He just is a dominant player with no offensive line and one decent wide receiver, and yet he's just a find-a-way guy. There's only so many quarterbacks in the league who are sort of impenetrable to bad circumstances, and I think Deshaun Watson might be one of them. Impenetrable is a great word. Impenetrable. That's a football word for you. Yes, it is. Use it in your daily life. Okay, so we have now seven. Okay. I'm going to go off the board and give you our first non-quarterback and non-coach. Because I think that this man, this man symbolizes something that probably in the first month, month plus, will decide football games. Al Riveron, head of officiating <laughs> in the National Football League. You know as well as I do that we're going to have, and hopefully this is not the case by November, Matthew Collar, but you know as well as I do that in September and probably into October, that if no other rule impacts things, the challenges on pass interference is going to. Yes. And, and I am so interested and leery to see how this plays out, given the fact that that we saw last year the weight on the quarterback rule played huge roles. Heck, week two in Green Bay, Clay Matthews on Kirk I know that, that Cousins, game, which, by the way, game is over. Which, by the way, I, I don't think is a penalty in November. I don't think they throw the flag no, on that by no. November. Because Kirk, there was one time against Seattle where somebody, after a throw, grabbed him and threw him down the way that they were saying you shouldn't, and they didn't call it. Correct. So I, I think that uh, the same thing might happen with pass interference. Did you see that in 46 games there were 47 reviews or something? I did. Now, I do think that the league asked them to review everything, throw those flags. Mm-hmm. I lost... Two milkshakes, the Courtney Cronin, where she... You uh, didn't have a good training camp I, on milkshakes. No, no, you got smoked by everybody. I, I did not. No, yeah, no, I actually did. You're right. No, I you did, did not. terrible. I was, on milkshake bets, I did not. Because she bet that Mike Zimmer would lose challenges in the first quarter of two games, and she was correct. He lost those challenges. But I don't think that, especially in that first game, either one of those pass interferences that Sean Payton and Mike Zimmer challenged would have been challenged in real games. I think they were just trying it out. Like, let's see how this works, and let's give them some practice. So I'm, I'm, I would say I'm in the camp of being concerned about it, yeah. but I won't be full-blown freak-out mode until it's week four or five and it's still a mess. It's going to decide. It will impact In the games, first though. month, it's, yes. going, it's going to decide a game or two, and the only question is, if you're a Vikings fan, is it going to be a Vikings game? Right. And it could be. With, with the way that your cornerbacks play, it could be, Matthew. So Al Riveron is... Uh, Al Riveron. Riveron. Who will be working Great. in television within two years because that's uh, all those no guys do. About it. They all quit and go work in television. All right, next on the list, most interesting people in football that Judd and I are making out here uh, today. Jerry Jones, I have uh, on this list. And I will tell you why. Because Jerry Jones seems to never stop talking to the media ever. He, oh, he does Every He's week, got a radio show. He's got a radio show. He's doing scrums. Every week, Jerry Jones is out there talking to the media. And I think he put a, put a big old fat shoe in his mouth by talking about Zeke Elliott and making fun of him and saying, and then coming back and saying, I've earned the right to make fun of Zeke Elliott. Like, whoa, whoa, what, what year is this, Jerry Jones? And he seems to be 
almost in the way now in Dallas to what they want to do. Do you remember the story where they had to talk Jerry Jones out of Johnny Manziel? Yes. He wanted to draft Johnny Manziel, well, and his, basically his kid said... His son, yeah, his Steven, son. is a saving grace. He, yeah. He's the guy so let's draft who the guard making instead. stupid decisions. Yes, exactly. Oh, Jerry wants to make the weird decisions. Right, and so Jerry is out there talking to the media, and he's saying things about his star players that he probably shouldn't be saying when they're trying to negotiate, uh-huh. and he doesn't seem to have any interest in stopping doing that. <laughs> and it's, and, and the, it's really pouring gasoline on these situations that are already pretty flammable to begin with, with Dak Prescott and with Zeke Elliott, and I think they also will have to sign Amari Cooper to a contract extension at some point, too. And uh, if this was just Jerry's cash, they would totally have them signed already, but the salary cap and having to manage that, and then also delicate egos and things like that, I think how Jerry Jones handles this situation is going to be really interesting going forward. All right, get one more before we go to the break. All right, so I I just gave you uh, the head of officiating. I am I am now going I am now going to uh, I'm now going to go back to, to coaches and take an obvious one, but I'm really curious to see it. Sean McVay. Sean McVay tied to uh, tied to Jared Goff, boy genius, has now spawned how many coaches elsewhere? Lafleur and the kid in Cincinnati, and we're seeing all of these. You know, I think he's very smart, and I think he's very good. I guess my question is, is he really this good? Last year was fantastic, but now but now everybody and their brother is coming for you. Sure. And Goff as well. Yep. So you, you can sort of tie them together, obviously. And they f- figured out some weaknesses there at the yes. end of last year. Yes. yes, and Bill Belichick put a very interesting game plan on tape mm-hmm. that everyone is now going to try and copy now, yes. saying that they all will be successful. But Sean McVay. Totally agree. So let's circle back to this after Hot Routes. That'll come up next with you and me and uh, Jonathan Harrison as well. Here's the list as we have it so far. And you can feel free to give us a tweet, nominate someone if you want for uh, among the most interesting people in the NFL in 2019. Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Nagy, Mike Tomlin, Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, Al Riveron. Al Riveron's got to be in there, man. Jerry Jones, Sean McVay will continue to draft them uh, as we go forward in the show. But Hot Routes coming up next. You are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. 